Hello, and welcome to A Reader's Book Corner. I'm your host, Teresa Beasley, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with thriller author Jenny Mendenwald. Welcome, Jenny. Teresa, thank you so much for having me. Well, let's jump into the questions here. So for listeners who may not have found you or your books yet, can you share a little bit about your publishing journey with them? Sure, I'd love to. Um, So I have written something all of my life. Um, starting with short stories when I was little, I would tell my mom and she'd write them down for me. I'd draw little illustrations. Um, in middle and high school, I started writing poetry and then a little bit in college as well. And then after my second job out of college, um, I was working for a remote controlled toy company in Illinois as a copywriter. Wow. Still one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. And unfortunately, um, they ran out of work for me to do. Um, I, I'd written all of the copy that they needed for the, the different models that they had. Mm-hmm. And so I went and asked for more work, said, what else can I do? And they said, well, we don't really have anything for you just yet. So why don't you just, uh, I don't play solitaire for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you can only play solitaire for so long. Trust me. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to figure out what else I can do because this was back before laptops. I didn't work from home. So it was sitting at a, you know, desktop computer and I had to do something. And so I thought, well, I'd had an idea come to me a couple of weeks before and thought, well, I'll, what else do I have to do? I'll just try and, you know, play around with the idea and see. Um, and I ended up with my very first full length novel. Um, wow. so that's, it's been about 15 years now. Um, and so after writing that book, I tried getting an agent and going the traditional publishing route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while there was, you know, some praise and compliments of my work, it never ended in a contract. And so at the time, Amazon and KDP were really new. And so I spent that same time at work researching, um, until I felt confident enough to self-publish and that's where I am today. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so what draws you to writing thrillers? Because you write a little bit of thrillers and a little bit of fantasy, correct? Correct, yes. So thrillers um, is something that I really enjoy to read. And um, I, I love being scared. I love this time of year. I love scary movies. Yes. Um, and so being able to elicit that same feeling in others was always really appealing to me. Um, and, and for me, too, there's really nothing like writing from a villain's point of view. Um, <laughs> just, to me, you know, they, there's so much more than just a one dimensional character. And so I I really enjoy writing from a, from a villain's point of view. So I think, I think for me, those are the two biggest reasons. Yeah. I read thrillers just so I can see what the, what the culprit is going to do, the villain's going to do. (laughs) (laughs) So now are you a full-time author or are you still just like doing part-time? So I, yeah, I just write on the side. Um, I hope to be someday a full-time writer, but in the meantime, I'm actually a project manager full-time. So get my creativity in on the side. (laughs) You're like me. I work a full-time job, but then I write on the side. Yeah. uh, I do think it helps uh, me a little bit. I think when I have too much time, then I find other things to fill it with, you know, but if I've got you know, 30 minutes on a lunch break or 15 minutes, you know, before my meeting starts, I actually find I'm more productive. So it would be, it would be interesting to see if I was ever able to actually write full-time, if I could make myself stick to a schedule, because right now it's just scramble whenever you can. Right. Right. And it's hard because the distractions are so easy. Definitely. Yeah. I I am a person that gets distracted very quick. So (laughs) 
uh, I need to see how I'm going to do <laughs> when I get to that point of writing full time. So I'm right there with you. Right. <laughs> so now, um, the first um, book I read of yours was part of your um, the Sweetheart Strangler series. Yeah. So and that was your thriller series. So what or who was the inspiration behind that particular series? So as I think most writers do, um, I have a very overactive imagination and years and years ago, I was walking to my car one night after work, winter, so it was already really dark outside. No one else was around. And I just got that weird, creepy feeling that someone was following me. There was not, I checked multiple times, Um, but I kept turning around, you know, hair on the back of my neck, standing up and got to the point where I'd convinced myself that someone was there and, you know, did that terrifying run to your car with the keys between your fingers. And, oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) and then, you know, as I'm sitting there driving home, I thought, my gosh, can you imagine how terrifying it would be if that were a regular occurrence? If you were just always worried about there being someone following you, someone watching you. Um, and that's, that's pretty much how that idea came about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I, and I, I get that because I worked at a department store, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And I was, did the, I switched shift with another young lady and I was walking to my car and it's like, you know, it's late because, you know, we're, we're closing the store and the security guy was supposed to swing around the mall um, to make sure we got to our cars on time. Uh-huh. And I was trying to get home to my kids. So I was like trying to hurry up and I get to my car. And of course, they make the employees park way across the park. Of course. <laughs> and I get to my car with the whole like you. I got my keys between my fingers situation. <laughs> and I get to the car and go to put the key in the door. And a guy grabs me from behind. Oh. Uh, it, it is like the most terrifying thing. And I was, all I could think about was I have to get home to my kids. I have to yeah. get home to my kids. So, man, I fought that guy. I know he thought I was crazy because I fought him. Isn't that the idea, though? Like, I'm crazier than you. That's the only way I'm getting out of it. I was like, I have to make him think that I am psycho. So I, like, fought him. And I cut him up pretty bad with my key. Because I had one of those big keys um, that had, like, sharp, you know, ridges. And I just, like, went to town on him. Oh, that's so scary. And I did finally get away from him. And he ran off. And then he went a little bit down the road to a gas station and attacked another lady. And that's when they caught him. (laughs) I'm glad they caught him, but how terrifying. Yeah. So when I was reading that, when I was reading the first book in that series, that made me think of that night where I was trying to get to my car and all of that happened. I was like, oh my God, it reminds me so much of that night when I was trying. Oh Oh my gosh. It's like a terrifying feeling. And your heart's beating really fast. And (laughs) yes, so... Yeah, and that was what I thought of when I was reading that book. <laughs> oh, <I> good. Was... <laughs> so now in that particular series, your your titles are unique. So can you share a little bit about those titles? Yeah. So I um, I'm absolutely obsessed with the song "Every Breath You Take" by the Police, um, and you know the lyrics are just creepy just because of what they are. Um, yeah. But then I realized how well they worked with my book. Um, and honestly, too, what might make a little bit more sense is, so this was not originally a trilogy. Um, originally, it was a standalone as Every Breath You Take. Oh, okay. Um, and then a couple years, I'd written a few other books. And I just, 
kind of couldn't stop thinking about Harper and her story. And, you know, I, I sort of left it in a cliffhanger, yep. which is how I like to leave a lot of my books <laughs> with not necessarily the intent to go back. But um, she just, she really just kind of kept poking at my brain and I, you know, she had more story to tell. And so I realized her story wasn't finished. And so when I decided to make it a trilogy, I thought, well, how perfect, because, you know, these song lyrics, we're just going to keep going with them. Um, <laughs> and they, they worked perfectly. So yeah, I got kind of lucky that <laughs> it wasn't just yes. a standalone and the trilogy worked <laughs> with the lyrics too. So <laughs> yeah, because it kind of goes with each book. Each yeah. Book has a title that is with the lyrics so it kind of goes with the series and the titles kind of go with the books that that's in yes. the series so it worked better cool. than I was than I could have hoped <laughs> <laughs> now your other series um is it's like a is it like a paranormal series the hell yep I think it's it okay so that's more of a paranormal series it is yeah fantasy paranormal um it, it kind of both. Um, yeah. And it came from a few different pieces. Um, so I'd always, <laughs> I'd always wanted to write uh, about karma because how cool of a job would that be? And <laughs> yeah. as, as a character, um, you know, I was, I kind of had, you know, a little bit of a character outline on her and she is a character in the Hellbound trilogy. But before that, I couldn't ever come up with enough of a story to give her her own. Oh, okay. So she was kind of just sitting there and I, you know, I was, I thought about her a lot, but just, she never had enough oomph. And then I was listening to, um, I'm a big country fan and I was listening to the song Hell on Heels by Pistol Annie's mm -hmm. and I got the idea for Ophelia. So one of the lines in the song is he made me pretty, he made me smart and I'm going to break me a million hearts. And I thought, huh, I wonder what would happen if someone made a deal like that and then dies and has to pay the ultimate price. And then because I write about teenagers, that to me made it even more exciting and fun to write. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, it came from a couple different places and everything just sort of came together um, with Karma and then Ophelia, so. Which is funny because even this series is connected still to a song. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah. I, uh, I have a couple other books that I, I've done the same thing. Um, and music is huge, um, just as part of my writing anyway. And so, uh -huh. yeah, looking back on it, it makes a lot of sense that I, that I use song lyrics as my titles. <laughs> so do you have like a, um, a specific writing process or routine that you do? Um, so it, nothing too specific since I really do write whenever I can. Um, I don't have the luxury of, of needing, you know, of having everything perfect before I sit down and write. Mm -hmm. um, the few things I do need are, I do prefer music. Um, I mean, I could write in silence if you really needed me to, but I prefer music and really any genre. But if I'm trying to be productive and actually get lost for a few hours, not that, you know, quick 15, 30 minutes, uh, I'll usually stick with classical music and I can kind of just, cause you know, it feels like the song never ends and therefore in my brain, you know, everything just kind of keeps flowing. At least that's the hope. Um, and then the only thing I really stick to is having an outline beforehand because otherwise I will get lost, hopelessly lost and back myself into dead ends. And, you know, I can always work it out later in a draft, but for me, I, I like having, somewhere to go. I always have some 
outline. And then with the exception of one book, I always know how the book or series is going to end before I start writing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, so you are um, a plotter instead of like a I am, yes. I mean, I think I could probably do a short story and not outline it. Um, but to, to keep my interest in the book and then just to kind of keep, you know, like I said, I, I know where it's going to end. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter if something changes in the middle, but if I get stuck, I have something to look back at and say like, oh, well, here, we can, we can have the main character do this. And, you know, it's just, it's right. sort of a loose outline, just something general like this needs to happen here. And, and that way, you know, I don't really give myself a chance to get stuck. So, yeah. So with your, with the Hellbound trilogy series, um, did you have to do a lot of world building with that particular series? I did. Yeah. And that was really fun because I had not done too much of that before. Um, one of my other books, She Dreams in Color, takes place in a graveyard, which is also technically the afterlife for that particular book. Um, but this one was much more extensive for the Hellbound trilogy, um, especially because later in the series, you get to see heaven as well. So um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun to try and figure out, you know, so many things have been done before and right. I mean, no idea is ever really original anymore, but yeah, not, um, even, not anymore. <laughs> no, no, definitely not anymore. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really fun to sort of play around on Pinterest and decide, you know, what, what's something that I can relate to that, you know, when people are reading this, they can picture it in their heads um, right. and an abandoned church just seemed perfectly ironic for hell. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, um, so since you did the world building and you said you use the outline, did you like keep um, a series Bible to make sure that each book was going to flow? I took notes, I would say. I mean, it wasn't necessary. I probably could have done a better job of tracking everything. Um, but I did make sure to take notes on things. And I definitely reread each book before I started the next one to make sure that it was fresh in my mind. Um, because, you know, while one is in the process of drafting and being published, you know, I'm already working on outlines for other ones, you know, other right. books aren't in that series. And so I just wanted to make sure that everything was sort of fresh in my head before starting the next one. Um, and I had, you know, character sketches and things like that. And like I said, I, I'm pretty big into using Pinterest boards and so, um, and vision boards. And so I had, you know, for me, visuals that I could remember, oh, okay, yeah, this is what that character looks like. And this is what I said that the layout looks like um, to just kind of help me remember. So I <laughs> didn't change it from book to book. <laughs> so when you so when you first start your book, do you focus on like character development or do you fo- focus more on your plot and your structure? You know, it really depends. Um, I definitely start with the outline for sure. Again, doesn't need to be super detailed, just enough so that if I get stuck, I can go somewhere. Um, and then as far as character or plot, it depends where the original idea came from. So for Sweetheart Strangler series, it was the plot. Um, it was that idea of what if someone was always following? What, what if you always had to look over your shoulder? But for the Hellbound trilogy, and then for my next project, um, the character idea came first. Um, In those cases, if it's the character first, I tend to noodle a bit on the character and kind of flesh them out before working through the outlines so that 
at least I have an idea of, okay, well, this is how this character should behave. And it kind of helps lead the plot a little bit. Yeah, because um, a lot of times you can tell if it's character-driven or plot-driven. And I did, reading this, um, the Strangler series, I did feel it was more plot-driven. Because I was probably more paranoid than Harper was. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny story. Uh, when I was writing the second book, um, I was home alone. My husband was out of town. And it was one of those perfect, dark, stormy nights. I oh, man. And I, uh, I legit scared myself. My dog stood up and started growling at something else. <laughs> and I thought, I might have to stop and watch like a cartoon or something. Because <laughs> I'm going to scare myself. <laughs> always, why does everything have to start with a dark and stormy night? Right? <laughs> it's so perfect, yet so terrifying. Yes, yes. And then, of course, you hear the noise. And it seems like your house and stuff starts creaking. And you're like, okay. Right, like everything's working against you. (laughs) Yes, that is easy to do when you're writing a thriller. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh man, so so let's talk a little bit about more about your publishing journey. Um, You said you you had started to do the traditional publishing, and then you kind of switched to self-publishing. Yep. Um, Did you? How many times did you try to do the traditional publishing? Did you query? I have tried twice. So I tried with my very first book, um, She Dreams in Color, and, you know, got a lot of good feedback and realized that, you know, as a writer, I needed to to have a lot more practice, to have more books under my belt before, um, you know, before it was going to be ready for traditional publishing. And so, um, you know, wrote a couple more books and I actually ended up going back and rewriting the second half of She Dreams in Color. And um, quite frankly, I like it a lot better now. I think it's, I think it makes more sense plot wise. Um, And so wrote quite a few more books. Um, And then when I wrote The Lucky Strikes a couple years back, um, I thought that that one might be good to try again. Um, I think at that point it was my seventh book. Um, so I had a lot more practice, you know, I'd gotten a lot better at editing and plotting and, uh, all of those fun things that, you know, make a book the best it can be. And, and so I did try my hand again. Um, and it was the same thing where, you know, a lot of good feedback, but just, you know, no one confident enough that they could sell it in the current market. And so I thought, all right, well, I will, you know, just keep doing it myself then. Um, you know, and I know I'll try again. I'm, there's a possibility we'll see how it works out, but there's a possibility that I'll try again, um, with my current work in progress. Okay. Um, so like try again, like later on. Correct. Yeah. And so what I'll do is instead of self-publishing it right away, I'll, you know, send out query letters once it's done and then start working on another book. And, you know, if it, if it, if it hits an agent, that would be great. And if it doesn't, um, you know, I, I really do enjoy um, self-publishing. I think obviously there's a lot more work involved, but I also think there's so much more flexibility and control. And so, you know, and, and I've done it enough now that I'm comfortable doing it. And so, you know, I, I, it's still a goal of mine to be traditionally published, but if I never am, I would be perfectly happy to be self-published. Cool. cool. So um, with, the not the traditional part but with your the books that you previously had out you said you kind of updated them a little bit Mm -hmm. do you think that like beginning books because you know when we're first starting out those are like our pilot books 
We're oh, trying yeah. to get in the groove and trying to figure out our writing style and things. Do you think like later on after those books have been out that it's okay to go back and rewrite those books and republish those books? Because I know some people say, oh, just leave them out there. They're done. They're out there. Just let them go. You know, I, I think it really just depends on the author and the book. I mean, none of my other books, even though I know that, you know, I was a lot more new of an author when I wrote them, none of them have spoken to me in the way She Dreams in Color did about just, it's just kind of that same nagging thought, um, uh, you know, that I talked about when I said that mm-hmm. every breath you take shouldn't have been a standalone. Like it just, something kept nagging at me that it wasn't. And it was the same thing with She Dreams in Color. You know, I just, I remember rereading it and thinking, I can do better. Like, this actually doesn't make sense for these characters to me anymore. And, you know, I, I didn't have anything else that I was working on at the time and thought, well, let's do it. I mean, you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> um, and so, no, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with updating books or changing them. Um, I just think that, you know, there's a time and a place and that was the only one for me that it made sense to do it. Okay. So can you share a little bit about your new project? Sure. I'd love to. So right now I am in the process of outlining my next book. Um, and it's not the final title, but the work in progress title is Miss Murder, which is also the title of a song (laughs) and where the general idea came from. Um, and so the blurb, just to give you an idea that I'm sharing with people is a 16 year old sociopath works with an underground group of felons to avenge the abused and the bullied. Ultimately, Nikki ends up in a compromising position that threatens to expose her secret life. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I decided that I missed writing about felons. I mean, after the Sweetheart Strangler, you know, they, they just, they're fun to write about. And so I thought, well, let's, let's do a female this time. And wow. let's give her friends. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, I'm really excited about this one. I actually came up with the idea while I was still working through the Hellbound trilogy. So uh-huh. um, I've, I've been working through some ideas in my head now for a couple of years. So I'm really excited to get started on this one. Yeah, she sounds like she's going to be a kick-ass. She's going <laughs> to be great. I'm very excited about Nikki. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're kind of coming back to the thriller side because um, when Hell, the Hellbound um, trilogy came out I was like wait a minute she switched from thrillers and now she's going to fantasy oh yeah I go back and forth because I think that I get you know I get enjoyment out of writing both of them same as I get enjoyment out of reading both of them but right the Hellbound trilogy took me I, I want to say four or five years really I mean from start to finish and so it, it took a long time and I got fantasy out of my system now for a little bit so, <laughs> so now we're gonna, now we're gonna go back into thriller <laughs> You're like me. I have so many different ideas. And it's oh. like, I don't want to stick to one thing all the I know. time. I know they say you should do that and build off of one genre to get you know your platform going. But oh, it's just like one day I might have a thriller idea. And the next exactly. day it might be horror. And you know, you just I just don't want to be stuck in just like one bubble. I agree. Yeah, I don't read <laughs> that way. And so it would make sense that I wouldn't write that way either. Right. Because I read yeah. a variety. Right. Um, one month I might be really in thrillers and then the next right. month I might read fantasy. The next month it might be women's fiction. Exactly. <laughs> and again, I think that's one of the other great things about being a self-published author is that, you know, I think in traditional publishing, there is more of that. You stick with your genre. 
Um, and, and we really, we just don't have the same rules as self-published authors. So it's kind of fun. And I think that's the main reason why I've never tried traditional and I've always just wanted to be an indie author. Yeah. Because for one, I do love the control and I love, I can make my own deadlines. I don't have yeah, to exactly. stressing out about somebody else's deadline. <laughs> well, especially when you have another full-time job that, you know, unfortunately right. now that's really what's paying my bills. And so those deadlines are just a teensy bit more important than right. the, writing the deadlines, <laughs> the writing deadlines. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to be stuck in somebody's <laughs> timetable. I want to make my own timetable. Exactly. (laughs) And then too, right now, I'm just not a fast writer. So, I mean, do you think you're a faster writer now that you've got so many books out? No. uh, I mean, I I would still say that from the time I start a book to the time I actually publish it is pretty consistently, you know, like around a year. Um, but, you know, as with anything, it, it just, it depends on what's going on in my life and right. my work and, you know, everything else. And, you know, because I have that level of control, I can afford to walk away for a little bit. You know, I, I can't remember which book it was now. Um, it might've been after I was done with the Sweetheart Strangler series. I mean, it was just, I powered through that third book, which was great, but I kind of wore myself out. And so I ended up taking a break after that from writing and actually just focus more on reading, which, you know, for me is like still counts towards your writing career because, you know, it's still just as important as actual writing. Um, Cause it's studying. Yeah. Like studying. <laughs> <It is>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I really did end up needing to take a break. I didn't jump right into another project. And I, I think it's just because I just plowed through that book and did it much quicker than I had others. Um, whereas if I kind of spread it out, then I'm able to, you know, right here and there. I mean, I still make goals for myself on when I want to have things finished, you know, different drafts and things like that. But um, I'm not as hard on myself because that way I do have the opportunity to, you know, travel or take a weekend and not write. Or right. I'm actually really into this book right now. So instead of my free time writing, I'm actually going to read. And so I, I much prefer that. Um, and so I, my average is still probably about a year, um, but it does vary a little bit book to book. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, can you let listeners know where to find you in your books? Of course. Um, so I'm fairly active on social media, Instagram and Facebook, especially, although I am trying to get into TikTok and slow going, but I'm hoping I'll get there eventually. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I do events around Indianapolis. Uh, not as much over the last few years, but we're ramping up a little bit again. I've got two already this year that I'll be participating in. I'm working on a couple others, but my website um, is, I'm, I'm going to be a liar if I say it's up to date right now because I haven't added my most recent one. But for the most part, my website is always up to date on events that I'll be attending, especially for you know at least the rest of the year. And then my books are available on Amazon in both paperback and eBooks. Audiobooks are my next adventure, but it'll probably be a while before those are released because it turns out that is very time consuming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and could you let the listeners know your website address? Absolutely. It is www.jennymedenwald.com. Okay. And they'll be able to um, get to your social handles from that website as well. That is correct. Yes. 
Yep, it'll have all my information. If you want to sign up for my newsletter, I love hearing from fans via email. Um, so my email is also on there. Um, and then, yep, my events page should be updated, um, I would say in the next couple of days. And then I, like I said, I still have a couple other events I'm not quite, don't quite have ironed out yet, um, but I'm hoping those will be in the next couple of weeks. Okay, and I'll put that information in the show notes as well. Great, thank you. So I want to thank everyone for listening today and thanks for, to Jenny for stopping by and chatting with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. It was so nice to chat. And just remember, listeners, if you would like to suggest an indie author or an indie book to be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at tabz at arbookcorner.com. And you can connect with A Reader's Book Corner on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at A Reader's BC. Until next time, happy reading.